welcome to the BNP Boxing Now podcast. I am your host, that dude named Dave, aka DJ. And to my left, but he's my right hand man, Jorge. We are back again at it. What's going on? <sighs> I, I, I'm glad to see you. That's the yeah. Not I don't Second episode you. this week. We I'm got glad, a snowstorm. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're out of the snow and stuff. Mm-hmm. The side is what we're going to have to talk about. Oh, come on, man. Be- can I get the intro? Two, can I get the intro off first before you start complaining? It's two weeks row. Two weeks in a row. Can I get the intro out before you start complaining? We just started three. This is our third half episode, folks. This is the second half episode where I'm gonna be like, really, we gotta talk about this. Hey, before we get started here, YouTube, click on like and subscribe, click on the bell notification. Because this is the second episode again this week. We're back from the snowstorm. We explained that from the last episode. So we're back. Like, subscribe, <laughs> bell notification, YouTube. Okay, also, uh, Spotify, click on the follow button. And also, too, shout out to Spanglish World Sports, Zingo TV Network on Channel 250. Our people in Canada showing us love. BC, we got you. E. That was horrible when I said E. I did that on purpose. Don't do that again. Ah, e. Anyways, <sighs> you're upset. You're perturbed. You're bothered. Hot and bothered. Maybe. I don't oh, know. Oh, no, no, not that hot. <laughs> it's annoying. It's annoying. It's like, it's, boxing annoyed sucks. Oh, here. Okay. We recorded an episode earlier this week, and we didn't have time to include all the boxing fights from this weekend. So we're starting off with the one and only Adrian Broner. <sighs> I had to do it like that because I'm just giving you a little bit of help here with that. So Adrian Broner fought this weekend as well. We went hardcore. Oh, that's still going there. Wow. Yeah. That, he, well, he made you know me what? He deserved it for, for 12 yeah. rounds. He deserved it. <laughs> so deserved let it. me kick it off here so that you can go on your little diatribe here. Okay. So let me just break this you down. You know what? Here. You said that real sarcastic, like you didn't want to hear this diatribe. You know what? I don't need this shit. You're, you're, you're a hater right now. Off the rip. We just started the show. It's two minutes in and you're not even letting me get the show started. Because there's... You know what? We are a boxing show. Can we talk freaking boxing instead of you complaining about certain boxers that you don't like? No, there's boxing that I love, and then there's Adrian Broner. Wow. A boxer that I didn't mind being a fan of in the first let, major part. Let me just say this right before we get started here. Adrian Broner fought Saturday night, February 20th, and he fought, uh, let me pull it up here, uh, Giovanni Santiago. And... Um, Seems like it's the same old Adrian, isn't it? Look, look, okay, so folks. No, I'm a, I'm gonna fall back here. You know, yeah, 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 I announced back. it. The the fight happened. Adrian Broner won, as we know. If he didn't win, that would have been what we let off with the step last aside, episode. Aside, so aside. now I am falling back. Hold on. So, folks, uh Showtime had put the fight out. The main this was the main event on their PBC show. Mm-hmm. So if you've watched Broner's previous fight, and, and, and folks, I'm not the only one that's like ugh, regretting to even talk about this. Even the broadcast for a good half of that show kind of felt the same way to some degree. They wouldn't say it exactly, but you know they wanted to say it. And you know they wanted to say it because you were watching the same fight I saw. Hmm. What, what is it? Uh, say it uh, so I can see if I'm agree or disagree. Uh, with you. you know what? You, know, you might just be, you know, a conf- you know just. Contrarian on purpose. You might just be contrarian on purpose. You know what? You started off then. You can't get out. You want to be contrarian? Contrarian? I just want to talk about the fight. 
No, you don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about Adrian. Adrian Broner is one of the big names in boxing, and we're doing a boxing show. And I figured we talk about he's a boxer who just fought. He's one of the big names in boxing that yes. shouldn't have the big name in boxing. Come on, he's a four division champion. Stop hating. He, 130, 135, he, 140, 147. Put some respect on AB's name. About he billions. A, he was. was past How many boxing. four division champions do you know? Pass. You could talk about Marquez is that line. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this is so past tense. Though. But look, but this is, my, this is how messed up how past tense it is for a young guy still, though. <laughs> Man, that, that's how far. That's how. That's the fall. That's the fall of Adrian Broner right there. How, that, it's, how, it's not a fall yet. Just because. Yet. Just because he ain't fought a guy like Madonna yet that can knock his ass out again. Oh, man, would I love for that fight to happen. Just, just, just for the hell of it, just so he can knock his ass out. I think Madonna would do it. I think the thing is playing the game right now. Madonna get his ass whooped. He, he's like 232 pounds right now. He's 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 eating tainted meat right now, pretty good every day. He ain't no, worried no, about the training. Not, no, it's it's season tainted meat. It's very you seasoned. leave Reynoso's tainted meat alone. Wow, you leave that alone. Wow. Anyways, well, you're, oh, so you're now you're now your Eddie fan now. You're 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 in the corner now. You leave that you leave that tainted meat out. Okay, let's get let's let's get back <laughs> let's get back to it here because Bro, okay, no, so so, so folks, let you name Broner fight Santiago. Mm-hmm. Um, so Adrian Broner won a unanimous decision on that fight, right? So here's yes, my he here's my big beef with this fight. But let's let's get the details and then let's uh, details and then the beef. Let me just I, I'm gonna be very little on the details because I know how you feel about this and we're gonna keep it moving here. So sure. he won the scorecards were 115, 112, 116, 111, and 117, 110. So I'm just putting the scorecards out there. Um, he landed like single digits and punches in almost every round. Uh, Santiago outlanded and out threw him. He landed more jabs. He landed more power shots. And there was a point deduction in the fight uh, for Santiago. And um, Adrian can say he pulled it out for a tight victory. Mm, pulled it out. That. I, I didn't, I didn't mean to go there. You can't even say it that slow, man. What's wrong with you? Anyways, so okay. the details of the fight and why you should be annoyed and pissed as, as I am. Okay, go ahead. McKenzie Jr. Arthur McKenzie Jr., great referee. Mm-hmm. I've watched that man referee many fights. Great. One of the top refs in the game. Oh, yeah, him, Tony Weeks. Um, you can add him and uh, who else? Uh, other black referee uh, who does all the fights too. I can't think of his name, but those are the three guys I think. Yeah, you know what I'm talking, talking about. about. He does. He done a lot of Mayweather fights. You know, he lives in Vegas too. I can't think of his name. He's a darker skinned uh, yeah. brother. You know, but those are the three guys. When you think of refs, you know, they're you know boxers. You know, they to be at that status, you have to be a really good ref to do as many fights as he's done. We've we, since we know each other, we've seen this man ref fights. He's a very so, versatile fighter. And his daddy was a rough too. And his dad as well. So this is the part that kind of annoyed me, right? So for the most part, uh, there's no way in hell. The, the, the We talked about this, right? We kind of scored this a little bit. The worst you gave him was a draw. I And, I, and that's even being generous right I there. was being very generous only because I, I saw there were certain spots in Santiago where that he could have seized the fight and he didn't. And, you know, his corner was pleading with him, you know, because Adrian Broner is the A-side. And for guys like that in boxing, you're going to get into it. You have to take the fight from them. You have to do everything you can because even if there's no, there's no fans in the audience, judges are going to be swayed by the, the top guy. And, and this is a part that's kind of annoying, right? So it's already by default in this case for Broner's no title on the line, folks. Let's get that as, uh, went out as well, right? So oh, basically at this point. Oh, let me add one more thing so you can go on. It was supposed to be at 140. Oh, that, <laughs> the fight was supposed to be at 140, people. 
And then like a week before the fight, I guess there's some weight issues. And they said that um, Santiago's cap agreed to do the fight at 147, which sounded like to me that in Santiago does not fight regularly at 147. So it sounded like Agent Broner had a problem making to 140. And at the last minute, they gave him a nice little bump and chain saying, we're making this at 147. Take this extra 100,000, whatever it is, and shut up. Uh, so that was already the problem. The fight didn't even start yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it went from 140 to 177, right? The details you described right there. My thoughts exactly. Like, I'd like to hear some shut up money and uh, we'll fight this out. It happens all the time when guys can't make weight. I mean, but for AB, this is not the first time it's happened and, and probably won't be the last, right? So, for a man who said he wanted to campaign at 140 because his best power was probably still there at 140, he ain't never going to 140 ever again. You'll probably struggle to ever look at 140. You probably see this man at 145 to 147 for the remaining of his career. Uh, then during the fight, he wasn't throwing much at all, right? So already the problem I have with it, he's a, he's basically a economic fighter. Econo- e- e- Economics being is is a very very proper word, and, 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 and even economic is being nice. That's, yes. that's, let's just say yes. gun shy, very very gun shy. Not just described by me, but as well as uh, at the broadcast as well. I mean, he was mm-hmm. gun, he's gun shy. He's gun shy Broner. Very risk adverse first. Not offensive. Risk adverse. He went from a, an offensive uh, moving fighter to a I'm going to stand there and uh, and and, and I'll, I'll do the best I can to avoid getting hit, but I'm going to not throw that many punches so you could hit me in the first place. Mm-hmm. Type of fighter, which sucks. As a fight, as a main event fight, it sucks. He might never get another title shot again. I think he does. I think he doesn't, and I hope he never does. Well, here's I, the thing. Hoping and, and saying is nice. well, two different uh, things. No he, reason why I say that, though, because sanction bias are all about that percentage. And all he needs is a few more. He don't even need that, but I'm saying uh, one or two more wins. At 140-147, I guarantee you the WBC sanctioned him right some, away. Some, somebody has to get – he needs to fight somebody that's a number one or number – in other words, he hasn't had a, an eliminator yet that basically puts him in that spot. And I, not, I, not to I, cut you off, most fighter, I say every fighter, you're completely right. The problem with AB is he's Adrian Broner. I, and he has a name that can bypass the normal things that you would – what you're saying is correct. Like he was, he needs to win this mini fight. He needs to beat this type of fighter, and then he can get a title shot. The problem though is that he is AB, and we have seen sanctioning bodies do corrupt stuff. Like I mentioned in um before we had our break, um, uh, former heavyweight champion who lost to Deontay Wilder. Um, he's a Haitian. Um, he I can't think of his name right now. He has dreadlocks. Uh, he's signed by Don King, but um, he fought for a title shot three weeks ago. And that, I cannot believe it was an interim or whatever it was, one of them WBA janky belts, mm. but he was fighting for a title. He His last significant fight is when he lost twice to Deontay Wilder five, six years ago. He ain't fought nobody to get an interim shot. You know, so what you're saying is completely right. But the politics of boxing, if he wanted a title shot for the right fighter the way they're trying to promote it, he would get it bypassing the stuff that you would say he needs to do. The thing is, is that he needs to make 140. That's a problem. So, 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 so again, I'm going to stay by stand stand on on, on that ledge on that pedestal and say he ain't fighting for a title because he can't make the weight. You're telling me that if a fight with Terrence Crawford come up, that Bob Aaron wouldn't sign in a heartbeat? They would. He needs a fight. He needs a dance fight. That's what I'm saying. No, no, that I wouldn't disagree. 
Mm-hmm. I just, I just, but there's a reason why Broner's looking to fight at 140. He has no power at 147. Oh, he can't well, be going at 140. It's the top guys. Anyway, he, he, it's not even at the power. Like if he was, if he uses boxing skills like he was trying to be the Mayweather 2.0, if he could use his jab and use the the lead right and use the shoulder roll properly, but he is yeah. not. No one is Floyd. That's he, the problem. It's not about beating me. He's not even trying to be Floyd at that level. He can't even be Floyd in the training room. If you can't be Floyd, if you can't be Floyd in the training room, we can't be Floyd in the dedication to the training. Good point. And and you can't be Good Floyd point. in the in, in the in the discipline to take care of yourself. I'm sorry, you're not. You just you just basically mouth trying to be mouth Floyd. Yeah. About at, at 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 best, you're selling it without putting the extra work in. Like, exactly the right work. You're, you're selling it without the work itself, mm-hmm. right? And that's the part of his myth. I wish he would quit talking the shit and just fucking do the work. That's that's what I'm I'm more more annoyed with Adrian Bonner. I talked about this last time. Yeah. When I had the rant. Yeah, yeah. So, so that that's really my beef, right? The beef I had with the fight, and you kind of beat me to it, right? The corrupt part of boxing that sucks. This fight kind of smelled like it a little bit, right? So <laughs> we get to the around where there was a little like extracurricular extracurricular activity afterwards. Ronan throws a late punch. Yeah, Santiago I, responds. I think it was the fourth or fifth round. I think, resp- I think he responded twice with a with a. With a they uh, both uh, exchanged uh, punches at the bell. The problem though is that Santiago. Responded with a second punch well, second about two or three seconds after the bell. Exactly. Which, in a situation like that, in Arthur McCanthy, the way he uh, refs fights, I felt it was gonna. I was really hoping it was gonna be like a hard warning because when I saw it, I was like, "Ooh, that was really late." Because when you watch, like, "Ooh, that was late." And initially, you know? and initially, it was a hard warning because there was no expectation any points taken off or anything right. like that. The whole it was the middle of action. They were, they were, it, it, you know, the shots were lined up, so that two seconds kind of hard to pull it back, you know, and. In the middle, you know, you know, ten seconds left. He might have been in the middle of a combination. Yeah, it was an exchange. Yeah. So, so here's my thought, right? So, Mercanti Junior does the right thing, gives a hard warning. Why is it when the round starts, then you hear about the notification that well, take it off? Well, what happened was he went to the corner and they looked at the video, and then from the video, and who I don't know those um I don't know how the rules are with the sanctioning body for for this particular fight, but when they have the video tape available they look at it and they're able to make things on the fly for like late hits and things of that nature or cuts things of that nature now which we didn't see back in the day you know we're seeing a little bit of rule changes and, and then like my, my annoyance with that is that leave it up to the ref he's managing the fight and stuff that they're, they're, so in the nfl there's there's that there's that saying that we're gonna make a call to new york to get the ruling yeah like right. instant replay booth you have the extra you and know judges sense. nfl and that, yeah. and that makes sense right because you got so many damn rules in the nfl you want to make sure you get something right mm-hmm the ref's right there. Let the ref rule it the way he ruled it at that moment. Basically, in, in my opinion, the man's nuts got cut off. And I'm saying it, it with that, it's, and this is where the, not just the sanctioning bodies, but this is, let's just say, in my opinion, my conspiratorial opinion, mm-hmm. PBC and Showtime included, somebody got in his ear and say, hey, take a point off right there. Yeah, you know, and not even out of protection of the fighters or anything. Mercanti made the ruling. It was a warning, a hard warning. It was good enough. It was sufficient for the fan. Why it wasn't sufficient all of a sudden at that point, that's the conspiratorial part of me that says mm-hmm. this is BS right here. So so now we've turned a 12-round fight into an 11-round fight. There's no way in hell <laughs> Broner won eight of those rounds. No. Seven of those rounds. The 117 card, that's nine rounds. I, I cannot find... I mean, like I would have, I would have to be high on crack to give him nine rounds, and, and, and then and even then, it's like I'm not that high. And the round that the point <laughs> got taken away from, Santiago won that round clearly. So 
if by and, and this is where I, I mean we talked about this in pre-meeting. Mm -hmm. I want I want desperately to see the judges' cards on all three of those because if any of those judges had ruled it for Broner that fight around one, he got a 10 8 round. Yes, he did. And that and that's yeah, crap. That's true. That is crap. Or that's he said if bullshit. it's and depending on how the scoring is, I didn't get the details, but you know, most fights now are 10 point must systems. But some fights, since it's not a non-title fight, I don't know if it was a 10 point must or not. So let's say if Santiago won that round. It's a 9-9 round if it's not a 10-point uh, round. Like I said, if you thought Broner won it, then it's a 10-8 round for Broner. So you, it, it, even though the scores did not justify, did not, it didn't make a difference, but when we were at home watching it, I was like, yo, this fight's going to come down to that one point. I literally, before we heard the judge cards, and I was like, man, Broner going to get this because that damn one point, even though it didn't matter. But this is the problem with boxing, that you know we, we want to question these judges and what they're actually looking at in these fights because broner did not outland him he like i said he did not out punch him he didn't to the body the power shots i mean i mean yes santiago could have done more you got to take the fight away from him but just on the this the pure mirrors of the way broner was fighting he had a few moments where i looked at him in the seventh round I was like that's the ab that's that's the dude like if you saw that seventh round and how it ended it's like that's the dude that was a world champion. That's a dude that can, when he wants to, he can beat anybody from 135 to 147 if he wanted to be. And then the problem, though, we see that for like 45, 50 seconds. We don't see that for five or six rounds in a fight. Exactly. I mean, you got in 12, I mean, three minutes around, guys. I mean, if you're only getting 12 minutes total out of, you know, basically a 40 minute fight. I, I don't know. I got a problem with that. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason that that fighter should be credited with winning that type of fight. I, I just, so to me, the, the only conclusion that I could ever come up with is, you know, money wins everything and it sucked. Yeah. And let's, let's segue here for a second with Broner here. He got the W. I don't know who he's going to fight next because when you look at 140 to 147, and then you look at him, if you're his handlers, you don't trust him. It, 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 you don't trust him. You, you put him in Errol Spence, he's going to get destroyed, right? He got he got most of the belt. And you know, he's not next. You know, Errol Spence got his eyes on the prize and other things. I'm just saying, if you're looking at the major players, because AB still brings people to the would, fans. Would, 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 you watch a, would you like AB versus Keith Thurman? Right? Now, now, now I'm thinking lower middle tier. Yeah, you know what? Time. They both need each other. I, I, I and it's it's, it's in BBC, PBC. It's, it's an easy fight to make, and there's money to be well, made you, there. Now here's the question. Yeah, if 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 it had to be a pay per view fight, would you pay for it? No, no, uh, no. Uh, Thurman, Thurman, right now, Thurman needs just a fight. He he's economic with his fights. We talking about Broner economic with his punches. He's economic with just fighting in general. So. He needs to fight in you know just to get out there, but I don't see that as a pay per view. That's just a high price Showtime pre premium on a Saturday night like we just had here the other weekend. It'll be one of the most boring fights you'll ever see. Two and, guys that economically, yeah, just throw because Thurman if you was trying to follow Floyd's. He he was trying to fight as little as Floyd, and he was trying to incorporate that and talked as much stuff when Floyd was around when he was the WBA interim champion trying to get the Floyd fight from like 2014 and 2015. He's in that same camp with trying to follow Floyd, but you ain't Floyd. If you want to see five round, five punches landed combined per round yeah. between the two fighters, that's your fight, and that's sucks. I, 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 Danny Garcia, Danny Garcia, 
that would be a good that'd be a good uh, loser go home fight. Older Dan, uh, younger Danny. Garcia. No, no, I, I still want to see Danny. I, I wouldn't say Danny Garcia is a loser go home fight yet because he just lost his last fight and because of COVID. So I would say that's an AB loser go home fight. But I would like to see Danny because Danny Garcia. The problem though is that Danny Garcia is a counter puncher and he waits and sits uh, back. Uh, uh, and then Adrian Broner, in a sense, is in that same fashion. So like once again, another that's another fight. five to six punches being thrown unless Danny is gonna put his foot to the metal and step it in. But that's not his game. So plan. you, so now you have three fighters at one forty seven that are basically the same and under the same banner that if they would engage it would be good fights if they engage each other because so, they used to you know their skill level exactly so 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 props to the pbc for having a decent stable of welterweight but you got three of the same guys in the same division yeah that is trash yeah and these guys the, the thing now is that i don't know how how much these guys want to fight they just need to fight regularly against good styles of matchups now because i hear we've seen keith thurman talk but i don't care about you talking keith thurman i want to see you in the freaking ring do some things fight somebody it, you know and, and then ab if we bring back to ab you know like i said we know there's a fanboys who rock with him and we're still thinking about 2011 when he was the can man they, 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 they still you know? they still like but, they, still, they love 130 135 adrian broner nah so i just want to be honest like fights for him i see broner in the immediate future just fighting trash can guys right now because if you're his handlers you know that showtime has him on prime time because he still draws ratings ratings still bring money for a showtime platform like that so i don't we don't see him against a champion like errol spence you know i we don't see the keith thurman fight being a good fight i mean it could happen but i don't see that in the future i literally see ab fighting the guys like a santiago again a guy who probably fought in another country 16 and 0 17 and 0 with eight knockouts who has no true resume and then like say he's a good fighter and then like he never fought in the states you're gonna see a lot more of these fights i think for adrian broner in the immediate future than a championship fight like you said you don't see him getting a championship fight so here i mean, oh, I mean we'll, we'll end this part here with yeah. adrian broner here but it, here's my final take on it and, and this is come out kind of harsh and stuff like that though but this is kind of like the thing that now that we've talked about it some more Adrian Broner right now is bad for boxing and I, and I, and he used to be good for boxing and now he's bad for boxing because if you can't put him with any of the top 10 guys at 140 because he can't make the weight and you can't put him with the top three or four guys in welterweight because he'll just get his ass kicked mm -hmm. and your only options are two other counter punchers at 147, they're all under the same banner. You're basically watching boring fights that if you put them against trash can guys, guess what? If any of those trash can guys decide to put up a fight, enough of a fight that you should, as a fan, be like, hey, this might be a win. Yeah. Corrupt, you see, but you're going to see boxing corruption. And, mm -hmm. and to me, uh, you're putting judges, referees, the PBC, Showtime, put them in a bad spot. Adrian Broner, to me right now, the way he the way he carries his business is bad for boxing. So I, I I can see how you feel about that. The thing is that since he won, he's still gonna be here. I know, I hear yeah. you. No, 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 I, yeah. I know, I get it. Yeah, no, I, I know. get it. Yeah, I get yeah, it. But but right now it's bad for boxing. So, so and that's um, just how I feel about it. So A B won. Uh didn't prove anything. You know, we just had to talk about it because he's Adrian Broner and he's going to keep fighting because he needs money. Like I said, he had that lawsuit with the woman that was a the default judgment, eight hundred thousand dollars. So I don't know if you're going to take his whole purse to pay her. I think it's going to be about two or three fights before she's paid off, you know, because you got to live. And he's talking about he's borrowing money. He blows through money left and right, knowing that he got a ton of kids. So that child support is kicking his butt probably at this point right now. I don't know what the situation is. So yeah. we're going to see him fight, not because he wants to fight because he needs to fight and that is the 
bad thing when you got a guy who got money problems who needs to fight because you're gonna see right now he can kind of pick and choose certain guys but we're gonna see certain fights that were like yo this is not good the problem is a problem for himself mm. and for boxing boxing yeah. has a problem and adrian Brolin's a problem so let's uh let's let's switch gears here uh well i know you didn't want to talk about ab but we had to no i i you know what it is i didn't want to then the last uh last time we talked i look i again the man's got a great boxing iq He's got skills, but but, but he pisses me off Mm -hmm. when he's doing this his career. And honestly, I think as a boxing fan, I don't know how you, a hardcore boxing, a true boxing fan that's watched this, you cannot come away feeling that AB won that fight and come back feeling that you can watch another AB fight forward against another trash can guy or another guy that might actually put up a fight. AB could be losing, and you know he's going to get the win because. They just got to keep him going because he got to fill out a contract. He's got to get paid. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I, to me, that's a that's a problem. That's a problem for him, and it's a problem for boxing, and it sucks. So let's move on to some other stuff we want to talk about here. So stuff that I wanted to talk about uh, we on our uh, last podcast, uh, podcast, but was the uh, the heavyweight division, right? Yeah. So there was uh, there was another fight on the card, uh, then the other card for the Broner fight, Whalen, Otto Whalen, and yeah, uh, and, Dominic and, Brazil, and Dominic Brazil. So. Um, Waylon, too much for Brazil. Um, just yeah, at the twelve round unanimous decision, it was. Uh, I was shocked. Uh, I, it, I mean, I wouldn't say shocked. I was impressed yeah. by Otto Waylon because uh, Dominic Brazil, his only two losses were to Anthony Joshua and, and uh, Wilder. So he's he's fought as many guys he could fight in the heavyweight division with the schedule that he's maintained. Um, I believe he has like 17 or 18 knockouts. So, you know, he's a big guy, big puncher. I'm going to say he's a world beater. I'm not putting him in there, but he's a legit top 10 heavyweight and he's only lost to the title holders, you know, and Otto Whalen came in and he came out of nowhere. I like to look at as the, the Rocky uh, syndrome. Like I say, you know, Rocky won when he fought Apollo Creed. Rocky lost, but he won. You know, because he put on no one that think he could fight like this and then open up the door for him to get the rematch, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's what Otto Whalen. No one expected him to put up a fight against Tyson Fury last year. He was there to be set up to give Fury just a little bit of warm up so that that Wilder fight would happen next. And what we didn't see, I don't know, was a combination of maybe Fury took a little bit off, you know, to kind of look past him a little bit and he still got the W or you know, we didn't know if Whalen was really that good. Whalen proved that he is a damn good fighter with good hand speed, good combinations, good punches and put them together. And he has put himself in a position for a title shot now. Yeah, He's not going to get it right now because all the belts are tied up right now. But this is the kind of performance that says, oh, Otto Whalen, you're here. We we knew you was one of them guys who's fighting obscure countries. You may have fought in Poland your entire career, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But now that when you got your opportunity, he seized it. He lost the Fury, but it was a win because he showed he could fight. And then now that he beat Brazil, and it wasn't even a close fight, he handed it to him. Yep. He gave him the work. I was like, Whoa, this is oh okay. Hey man, just I say, hey Dominic, throw it in. I, I, I didn't mean I didn't say stop the fight because he was getting beat down. It was one of those things like, yo, you ain't got it tonight. You get you getting bested. Exactly. No, you know? no, wah, wah. So now he's in the mix. Now, whenever if there's a title fight available, we cannot say we cannot keep Otto Whalen out of the conversation now no. for guys who need fights. Exactly. No, wait, wait, Whalen uh he basically got confidence, right? In other words, he won a fight that he lost in that regard, a Pyrrhic victory. And he came out, I mean, and now he's, he's got his confidence. He's, he's very, very young, confident fighter right now. So mm-hmm. to me, I, I remember we talked about this a few times before. 
where you know some like the middle tier of the heavyweight division was uh you know kind of bottomed out, right? I mean, Luis Ortiz lost, uh, Big Baby Davis was uh you know basically you know droided out. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, so you you know, and then Andy Ruiz lost, right? So you lost yeah. a good chunk of that middle tier and stuff, right? So right now, Waylon and Yusick, right now they they they're starting to feel that, and 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 Andy Ruiz we'll get to in a bit is looking to make a comeback as as, as possibly with a chance if he wins to come back and get right back to the middle tier. So then you know now that boxing heavyweight middle the uh, the middle part of the heavyweight division starts to fill out all the middle right class, now. the middle class, and, and, yeah. and these and these are the guys that you were hoping would be there, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm actually I mean at this point Brazil is a journeyman fighter. He is there to be set up now. He is going to be the guy to set up for the young guy now. He's not. He's going to have to win a lot of fights to get back into championship contention now. He's going to be the guy that you're going to have the young cat there who you're going to set him up to see if he's ready to fight Fury or Joshua or if Wilder gets his head right. You and, know? And, we'll, and we'll talk about a young cat in a little bit that could be possibly a Brazil fighter uh, opponent down the road in his career. So, but let's, let's talk real quick about Andy Ruiz here. So. Andy Ruiz is looking to make a comeback. He yeah. uh, partnered up with a famous trainer we talked about in our last show. Uh, Andy Reynoso. Yeah, he's in his bag right now. i got to give props where props due. I'm not saying he's trained a year right now, but he's had a nice little streak of the guys. He's put whatever game plan he's given these guys, he's winning. So first things first, he's had Canelo since eight years old. And Canelo, we've mentioned several times before, I, we said in this podcast, I think he's the pound-for-pound guy in, in the world right now. Um, as much as you like to call him a TikTok fighter, Ryan Garcia did switch to his camp. And we're seeing the best of Ryan Garcia. Now, we don't know if that best is going to be good enough to beat Tank Davis or Tifima Lopez in the future, but we're seeing him getting the best out of him with what he's working with. And then now, of course, we see uh, Oscar Valdez. Mm -hmm. You know, he just fought this weekend. We talked about his big win against uh, uh, Mer uh, Belchat, mm -hmm. and he fought the fight of his life, undefeated two division champion out of 29 and 0. So Ruiz now. You know, he signed up the camp with Reynoso last year. You know, he had uh, the, you know, the big letdown loss with mm -hmm. Anthony Joshua in Saudi Arabia and hasn't, didn't fight the whole year because of COVID, but he's been training, getting his weight down, and he's trying to get some of that little pixie dust yep. that Reynoso is putting on all these Mexican fighters that he's training right now. Or tainted meat, whatever you want to call it. There we go, the tainted meat again. So, uh, but, 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 but for realistic, I mean, I mean Reynoso is a good trainer. Yeah, the trainer. We, I, 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 I got good credit where credit's due. I, at the end of the day, they, they, have to, they still have to get in the ring. Painted meat or not, mm -hmm. they still have to get in the ring, right? I Facts. mean, I, I joke about it, and some they still have to get in the ring. No matter what, they still have to perform. They still have to be able to do the things you need to do to win a fight and stuff like that, though. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Garcia is the only one I have a question with right now because, again, if, if you. He has the most question marks. He's the most question marks right now because to me, he's. I, to me, I don't, I don't think he listens much to Reynoso still. I think he does some things with Reynoso, but I don't think he does the other things that Reynoso is trying to teach him well enough for me to even. Well, I think he has. I think the fact that if you've seen him before his trainer where he's at now, it's not in day. So it, he's a young fighter. Sometimes it takes a while to pick up some of these things, you know, especially when you're changing camp. Because we've seen fire change guys, and they're still the same guy. It's just some of those minor tools that you'd want to pick up. But clearly see the fights before Reynoso and after, it is not in day. Uh, well, we'll disagree a little bit on that one until I see RC do something a lot better than what he did the last fight. Again. But, but anyways, we'll move on moving forward, though. I, I, the reason I'm looking forward to Andy Ruiz, he could be fighting a familiar name from uh, heavyweight past that we remember uh, pretty well, Chris Ariola. Right, oh, that's God. a fight. That's a fight. That's a fighter that had a lot of you're gonna, promise. You're going to make me go Eddie Murphy delirious in this curse. This rest of, I'm, I'm going to need the, the, the dump button. I just want you going to bring up Ariola. Oh, no, no. Oh you, oh, you got some opinions on this guy. Hold on. No, 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 no. Come on. Come on. Let him out. Let him out. Come on. He's done. Out. I know he's done. He I know, know he's done. He's done. He's been done. D-U-N. 
D-U-N. I ain't saying Dunn. D-U-N. Dunce? Like, you can Dunce him too. He has a great personality. Lovable dude. When you hear him talk, love Ariel. <laughs> he's a journeyman fighter now. He's not even a journeyman fighter anymore. He's past journeyman fighter now. He is, he's been journeyman years ago now. I mean, he's a retread. He's not even journeyman. He's just a retread now. I mean, you're just literally throwing him out there because I don't know. Maybe you owe him some money in this contract. And you want to give him one last deal. He needs to pay. Well, look, you gotta, it's, it's not. Here's work. the thing. He's not going to give a good fight. Anymore. I know he's not. Know That's why I'm saying like he's not at the point where we, he tries so hard. He had multiple title chances trying to be the first Mexican, you know, heavyweight champion. Didn't happen because you know Ruiz. They, got they, 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 threw him, they threw him in. The truth be told, his handlers didn't do many favors. Again, you threw him in the fight against Vitali Klitschko. Well, Ooh. no, he he's we we talk about he's not disciplined. He doesn't take care of. He's always he never eats right. He never take care Agreed. of himself. And he's openly. He, and that's something about him being charismatic and it's hard to hate him. Not like because he's open about it. It's like yo, I he even said I have a hard time eating these ref stop eating these refried beans and stuff like that. He owns up to it. The problem though is that you can't. I'm. I'm tired of him selling a fight, and then afterwards he gives all these damn excuses, which are legit excuses, but I don't want to see that crap no more. Well, you had your opportunity. We've given you tons of title fights. You've made a gang of money here. It's time for you to move on. You don't need to take no more shots in the head, baby. You're done. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's not even he's not, he's not the, sell, the person that's selling the fight. At this point, it's basically Andy Ruiz needs to get a comeback fight. This is the right now the the fight I think that they safely want to put him in the ring. Yeah, it's with. a safe fight. It's a safe fight for Ruiz. You know he's not going to hurt him. Uh, you know what? Uh, look, Ruiz, if Ruiz is in shape, if, if he, Ruiz that, is that, in shape, no, and, and if he's in, if he if he just has twenty pounds less than the Joshua fight from the rematch, I'm not saying in shape. Just take twenty pounds off. He's not gonna get hurt against. I period. would, hope, I would hope so. I would you know hope what I'm so, saying? But, but, but until I see him in the ring and, and feel a certain way when he comes in the ring, does it look? I hope it doesn't look as pudgy as he did in this last fight. Man, these, this is the potential of both guys coming in the ring at 300 pounds. Yep. If these guys are, I mean. Ruiz is trying to say he's on the right track. He's working with Reynoso, and he don't play that mess. You know, and especially if you got Canelo in camp, you know, the top dude who's working as hard as he is and how we've seen how, you know, joke around about Tanny Meter or not, you can tell that he has put, <laughs> he has put an emphasis on his body. Yeah. Canelo, you can see that he, whatever it is that's going on outside the ring, is working, mm -hmm. right? So I'm hoping that Ruiz sees this from the top guy. If the number one guy in your camp is doing all this stuff here, you got to follow suit. So there's a possibility that if we see him at 260, 270, and Ariola has proven he's coming in 250 or 300, it's just going to be the butter bean rematch fights. You probably, know? probably, but and and beat as it may. I'm hoping Andy Ruiz goes in shape. He's in the right camp. He's, he's with the right trainer. So hopefully he does all the right things. Has the right discipline, right? So we you know that, that's kind of like the theme so far for this episode right here. Is, mm -hmm. is having the you know, fighters who don't have the discipline. Who are just you know wilding out? Those are the guys that you know. At the end of the day, Broner's a disappointment, and it bothers me. Like to even call it what it is. Right, that's going on right now with boxing with him. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Ariola. He was a guy that I had a lot of hopes for because I thought he had a lot of potential mm -hmm. early in his career. I mean, this is like when we were working together and we were talking about this guy. Yeah. So. You know, I'm hoping Ruiz, you know, I mean, you know, I never wanted to believe that that was a fluke against Joshua, that yeah. he has the potential to do that again. So at this point, I, I'm hoping Ruiz beats Ariola, uh, you know, gets the fight with Ariola, beats Ariola, gets into another fight moving up and just try to get back into that middle tier of the heavyweight division where I can hopefully see him in a, another title fight down the road. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's switch points for the last point that we want to talk about for this episode here. And it's kind of sad to see this going on here. It's it's jacked up and sad. Deontay Wilder 
and his former oh, trainer, yeah. Mark Breland. I, I want to touch on this before we close out here. Um, we haven't seen Wilder, of course, in the ring since he got beat down by Fury. Yep. And as you know, just a, just a little playback here. Um, the fight was stopped because his trainer, Mark Breland, threw in the towel. And Deontay Wilder took it so personal, saying that he he's a warrior. He was go out in his shield. He doesn't ever want the towel thrown at him, thrown out on him. You know, he wanted to be knocked out. He didn't. He feels that that's a sign of weakness. You know, and I that's something that he does not want to ever happen again. He never wanted. He'd rather be knocked out in the hospital than someone throwing a towel. And Mark Breland, who's had him his entire career, said, "No, I love you too much for this here. I don't want to see someone who I care about." You know, get hurt. I want to see you fight, make more money. You got a family. Mm. And after the fight, he fired Mark Breland. You know, and we've seen that happen many times before. We've seen you. You can agree with me. We've seen fighters who have that big loss, and then they just change their whole team. Everything's working fine, and all of a sudden, that one loss, and you change your team up. And but this one's a little bit different, Jorge. You've seen Deontay Wilder has gone his way to really disrespect and talk down and demean Mark Breland publicly. Publicly, that's that's the beef I have with it. Is Publicly, publicly. He's doing this. It's one thing if it's if you're hiding the dirty laundry, you know, where it belongs and it doesn't come out, right? And all you hear is firing. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll just leave it as, as business as usual in boxing and stuff. Um, but for him to publicly call out his trainer, who himself was a fighter in his heyday, yeah. We've talked about career-wise, probably had a better career than Wilder at this point. Overall, his whole boxing yeah. career, I had to pull it up before we got started here. I want to make sure people understand about Mark Breland. He has a career record of 35 wins and three losses and one draw. So he was a damn good fighter in his time in the 80s here. Mm -hmm. He's a world-class trainer. He's had Deontay Wilder for his entire career. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at a guy who's a world-class fighter who became a trainer and trained arguably who has one of the best right hands in boxing. That's God-given gift for Wilder. I'm not going to give brilliant credit for it. But the fact that Wilder started boxing so late in his in, in his life, you know, and then taking him to being, helping to be a, a bronze medalist mm -hmm. and then to being a world champion, knowing his limited skill set, but have power and work with him on that, you know, he has two careers. We can say that as good as Wilder is. Brilliant has a, even though you may not talk about him because it's boxing, he has a better career overall. He eats, sleeps, and shits boxing. Yes. So anytime you get a man in your corner that's done that his entire career, entire life, let me that that man you want him in your corner. I want to give some people some feedback, just some um, info here on him before we get started here. Sure. Everybody knows uh, Wilder if he listens to this podcast. But for Brilliant though, he's that he. I'm going to bring some things up here. He said at 13, he entered the gym and embraced boxing as a way of life. He is a five-time New York Golden Gloves champion from 1980 to 84. His record in this competition was 21 and 0 with 19 KOs, with 14 knockoffs coming in the first round. He was a young stud. Sounds, I just want to sounds like Wilder Esper. Yes, man. yes, yes. He, I just wanted to give that like he he's not someone like Wilder who started late in the game. He was young and was a Golden Gloves champion and then a World Champion. Let me find. Let me just pull up here his World Champions here that he's pulled up. I said he was thirty five and three. Uh, let's see now. He was he actually won the vacant WA title against Harold Vorbrat. Um, then he's won the WA title twice again against Song Sung Lee. And then he retained it, uh, defending that title four times. He lost it, but he was a twice two-time WBA champion. 
I just wanted to skim that and let you know that he's just not some trainer who just picked out and he was in the gym and then built him up. I'm saying this because Deontay Wilder was so disrespectful saying that he fed this man. He didn't know where this was coming from, you know, for the things that Mark Brown was, you know, if we're going to get to what, you know, fighting back basically for the stuff that Wilder saying about him, but saying he fed him and he was nobody. And just saying that he, if it wasn't for Wilder, he would be, he would be nothing. Which is BS. Yes. We were saying that. Who said to say that? Yeah. It's BS. Yeah. Because he's a respected man in the sport. It's not like, oh, what he's only working with Wilder. No one knows about him. The whole sport knows Mark Breland. If you're in boxing and you're in those corners and circles, they know who this man is. Exactly. He's exactly. He's not a nobody's well-known man in the boxing circles for what, 30 years now. Come on. And uh, we're bringing this up because, like I said, Wilder disrespected him. Kept coming out saying, I fed this man, blah, blah, blah. He's no good. He's just disrespecting. Breland finally came back. I, I appreciate the fact that you can only take so much from somebody who he are, you know, he cared about the man, yeah. you know, you train him like probably looking at as, as like another son. Yep. And then they have all this happen. He's like, look, I'm not taking this crap from you. Deontay. No, I'm fighting back. And he went hard and let Deontay know. So like, no, I'm not taking your crap anymore. And the whole boxing community was on Mark Breland's side. There's not one person that is siding with Deontay Wilder right now. No. And, 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 and that's, and that's how it should be in this case. Deontay has got a, a very bruised ego. And, it was just an understatement. And, 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 and at this point, Deontay, I would I would I would say needs before he even gets back in the ring, needs to seriously talk to some professional help yeah. on the sports side. Because basically he's where he's coming from to basically say he wants to go out in the shield, his ego is telling him he needs to go out in the shield for him to to rebuild faster, mm -hmm. but in throwing in the towel, it, it's basically, it, it's a part of his ego that he's still learning to address and he hasn't addressed it well whatsoever. And, and that's a mental, a part of his mental psyche right now that he can't get past right now. He, if he's fighting with his ex trainer on social media and basically saying things that are known falsehoods in the boxing world, from a man who's been in boxing for, like I said, who eats, sleeps, and shits boxing, and basically cared about him like a son to throw mm -hmm. in the top, which is the way you should. The other day, you're, you're not you're not Apollo Creed. You're not. It's not Rocky Four. There's you, nothing you, sexy about dying in a ring, especially when you got kids and you got a family. Exactly. I mean, I understand he, the ego. Like I said, but he knows your, he knows you. He knows your family. Mm -hmm. He cares about you man right it's nothing about it's, it's something about living to fight another day exactly you, get that next paycheck you mean it's some, it's not your night and boxers look at things differently than like in the nba you play 82 games except mm -hmm. for this year because of covid but you know the best like the best team in the nba you know in certain years if they're a great team can go 67 and 15 you still lose 15 times in a year yeah some nights it could be like they say scheduled losses like you see it could be just not your night you're on a nine game road trip on the west coast or something yeah right? I mean, so in boxing you really have to be perfect because you don't get a back-to-back -back. you have to be perfect that night or the close to your peak at that night so boxers for Deontay Wilder, like I said, he was undefeated up to that point, and then he lost to the better man we we're saying who's arguably the best fighter if heavyweight in the world right now. You, if you have the one night off, it gets on better. You know, like, he it seemed like he was not prepared for this here. One thing that Brilliant talked about was in the last year, year and a half, he didn't have Deontay Wilder's phone number. How are you going to train somebody when the dude who's your the champion now don't even want to give the trainer his freaking phone number? Mm -hmm. He's got to go to other people to get the phone number and then find out where he's at and then be at the camp. So 
the disrespect started way before the towel got thrown in. Like, you think that you're so cold with your right hand that you don't got to train no more. You know, you're disrespecting your trainer, but not even giving him a phone call, let alone you don't even give him your new number. That's the ultimate disrespect right there with someone who, who has been in your corner that long and you change your number up and don't even give him the number. And then another thing that Brilliant said too is at one point, like at the end, there was like a good like 50 or 60 people he'd never seen before. Like now you got the entourage now. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that you were there from day one and you're you're not even recognized, you go into camp day one for the last fight and you don't recognize nobody. Yeah, that's that to me is like mm -hmm. the that's that's your ultra ego taking over. That's your bronze bomber ultra ego taking over. And you were the one that allowed that entourage to get around you like that in the first place and stuff, mm -hmm. and then basically not relying on your training camp to get you through what you needed to get through. I mean, fight wise, I mean, training wise, you you, you could have had a better training camp. Basically, what you're telling me is your training camp wasn't that good. It wasn't good at all because no, you're just trying to be in shape and you know you got your right hand. That's, I, that's I, all you know, well, well, too comfortable with that right hand because right he's made a point. He said every fighter has to be perfect for 36 minutes with me. I don't need to be perfect for three seconds. And 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 he, I think he bought into that way too much. Way and too much. technically, that is true, except for now, Wilder, I mean, Fury went down twice and got back up. Now, maybe Joshua doesn't get back up, but we know for a fact there is one man who can take your punch now, and you need them boxing skills now. You need to go back to the camp, and you're disrespecting the guy who had your back forever. You know, not like I gotta go back to the point. Like, how how does that feel as a trainer when you know you got a fight come up? You probably talk to the promoter, you probably talk to Al Heyman, you know, because he's in that camp. You know, you probably talk to Showtime, you know, just try to get stuff together. Like, okay, I gotta get my travel going. And then you're trying to reach out to Deontay Wilder and it's like, yo, I don't number don't work. And then you try to, hey, you got Deontay's number? Yeah, I got it. How come you? Uh, he didn't give it to me. Could you imagine how that could feel? Like, I don't have, I don't even have his freaking number. Yeah. Now, the best thing that's happening right now is really mm -hmm. these Fury Joshua talks right now. Wilder, it saves Wilder from probably losing. Embarrassment. Every, and more embarrassment. More, more, we were more embarrassment than ever before. I mean, and 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 look, your psyche's damaged right now. Thank, yeah. you, know, you know, in a way, thank God that fight hasn't happened because your your psyche might be damaged even more. You you got you still have a lot of fights left in your career. Yeah. Go get your get your head right. Be there for your family and stuff. I honestly go make some amends, man. I, I mean, you'll never get him in your corner again, but make amends. You know, take care of the Breland man. Make sure you because the new guys in the corner, up. they they ain't got us. They ain't exactly. got us. They're new. They just here for the check. They weren't there in 08. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? They weren't there when you was fighting in small. You was fighting in the, the small clubs before you got big time. You know, you, you know, Al, Al Heyman got his hands on you, but there was a moment where you weren't making no money, and Breland was there. Exactly. So. You know, and there's not one bad thing. People can say about Mark Breland. Matter of fact, we talk about Max on boxing. Shout out to Max Kellerman, love the show. Mm -hmm. You know, him and Andre Ward made the point about Mark Breland standing up for themselves, and they was like, "We're happy that we're seeing that because you can only take so much from somebody, especially you know that person is wrong, and it hurts even more when you it's someone you care about." And you can't publicly go after a trainer publicly. Like that. Thank and, you. And, and, and now, and now, without thinking for one second that if you're trying to find another trainer down the road. That they're not going to be like, look, we're going to get into the same line of fire. If, if you there's going to be eyes, some guy's going to take the job, but it's going to be like eyes raised up, like, yo, I'm I'm, I'm being a short leash here because he's wilding right now. He, even, Wilder's wilding, and, and, and not even and, and not even on a short leash from Wilder's point of view, you'd probably do it to yourself. Yeah, you don't want to, you don't deal that crap. I, I mean, after that, I mean, you get to a couple of training kids. If you have to look for your own fighter, you might just say, you know what, ain't uh, no money worth this. I can fight to train somebody else. Yeah, I, some money. I got, I need my health. As much as that check could be good, I don't need to, I don't need to deal with this. I, I don't need to be disrespected. And publicly put on blast like this what he's doing right now because now for him to publicly do this 
like I said, if I'm a trainer on the outside looking in, of course, some guys are like, yo, if I get my hands on them, I can transform them. There's going to be some guys like, man, this goes bad. Is this going to go bad? You know, it's, it's, it's funny. I haven't seen a it's interesting in a way. And then in, in this way, I haven't seen a psyche damaged this hard since Tyson Holyfield, the second fight. And that was in the middle of the fight. To me, that is for for what Tyson did. That that equates mm-hmm. to something of a nerve of a of a mental breakdown, a nervous breakdown, and you reacted. Nah, what about Gerald McLennan? That, crying, crying in the ring, crying in the ring is Lennox Lewis. That, that's that's probably the biggest melt break. That, that, but that's in the ring though. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. These, these were in the ring yeah, yeah. episodes and stuff. But this is this is turned his back and was crying. Yeah, I mean, but this that was bad. That was that was sad to watch. Yeah, but this is this is damaged psyche at a level now. I mean. I mean, the fight was was a year ago. I yeah, uh, and, uh, yeah. February. Yeah, it was February last year. Yeah, it was almost a year ago. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, and you're still kind of and, making excuses yeah. and trying to invent stuff. I mean, right now, right now, your psyche's damaged. Let's and let's look at it's not like he lost to the to better man. You lost to a guy who is two inches taller than you, and you gave up an additional fifty plus pounds. Where that he and put a game plan where that he was leaning on you and put those extra 50 pounds on you to wear you out even faster. So you are, you're both heavyweights, but you fought a guy who if you created another vision, he'll be in super heavyweight. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, you know, it's kind of easy for us to say like, Hey, you should be this way. You know, mental psyche, mental health impacts everybody differently. But when you're out here in the public doing things he's doing right now, we know the people in this corner, whoever it is, he's getting the bad advice. 360 nothing like this should be public you know because you look bad yeah you know so i just want to touch on deontay with that because that's been going on for a while and mark brilliant fought back and i think we should touch we should touch on that because you know the heavyweights are strong like i said we mentioned you know tyson fury and josh was going to happen pretty soon you know that's only a matter of time before they get the date and then the location set up you know we talk about Otto wayland you know surprising like now he's in the mix you know he should be put on some good fights you know we're we're looking at um you know, Yusick uh, and Joe Joyce, you know, that's a fight that's going to happen because, you know, the WBA, WBO uh, put that out there. You know, there's several fighters that there was a point where we talk about the Klitschko brothers and it was born in heavyweight division. And now we got literally like five or six guys. We got the champion and a couple of guys below that that could put on good fights here. And Deontay Wilder would be in that mix if he just, you know, it just we just we just want the best for him because we're fans and we know the kind of quality fights that he brings. Uh, one quick note I wanted to add to the heavyweight division before we get on one last item there. I wanted to also hit sure. uh, Jared Anderson, the, the real big baby. Oh, yeah, the new cat. We, we, let's, let's finish off of him. So right now he's 8-0. Uh, right now uh, I want to give a shout-out to Max Kellerman and Andre Ward. Man, I was watching uh, – I took some of their feedback. I wanted to watch this guy. So I watched his last fight that was on, on the 13th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a six-round fight. Knocked him out in the sixth round. Um, but right now they, they're tailing as possibly the next great American heavyweight. And, uh, mm-hmm. I have tend to agree with them. Uh, my initial thoughts on him, he, he's definitely raw, but he's patient with his jab. He utilizes his jab really well to set up his power shots, but he's patient with it. He's definitely going to let you make a mistake off of the jab, right? If you try to counter his jab, he might double, triple his jab and you might try to counter and he's waiting for that moment where he can hit you with the power shot the second you try to counter. So he's, he's, uh, Definitely raw, but definitely somebody you need to keep an eye on. I would say right now if he fights three or four times a year, right? So he just fought recently. So if he gets mm-hmm. another three more fights this year, I'd say probably the earliest he's in line for a title shot might be early 2023, maybe late 2022. 
It all depends um, on how much activity he gets. It, it depends yeah. on the activity he gets and stuff like that. Right now, he's like I said, this was a six round fight. Yeah. Um. So if you know, he needs to actually still put on some more rounds, start building out for ten round, 10, twelve round fights. But uh, that's somebody to keep an eye on there. Jared Anderson, though, definitely yeah. uh potential for the next great American heavyweight. And then I wanted to touch one last thing the, before, before you go. I said he's in a good place too because he's on ESPN. So exactly. so a young fighter getting that kind of exposure, and we're seeing him at the beginning. Yes. So we get to see the young flaws that he has. We're seeing the the big, you know, the big attributes that he has, but we're seeing it in the infant stage. We're seeing the beginning. So yeah, I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because now you're see, we're possibly seeing possibly the next, you know, big time heavyweight that's going to be in big time action next few years. Uh, you know what? Uh, a good card that I probably would go attend live if uh, Edgar Berlanga was on the card and Jared Anderson was on the card. Yeah, that, that's two prospects right now coming out of top rank. Watch them both. Who want a super middleweight? Dealing with a heavyweight. And if they're on, a, if they're on a card, that's that's must watch TV. That's probably must watch. I'd rather be on site to watch that one. Mm -hmm. um, very, then, he's only like twenty one, right? Yeah, very yeah, young fighter. Yeah. Very young fighter, guys. So Jared Anderson, keep your eyes out for that guy. And uh, one more thing about Andre Ward. Uh, he was oh, on yeah. Max. He was on Max's show the other yes, day. Yes, yes. And I want. I couldn't leave the show without talking <laughs> about this. Um, we <laughs> we had our last half episode talking about uh, Canelo and Ward. Uh, possibly being a fight, you know, Ward, uh, you know, kind of with the amusement of uh, trying to fight Anthony Joshua at one point. But this yeah. is the most realistic of the fights, though. Right, right. And Andre was nice enough to have an interview with Max and threw out some uh, some nuggets in there. Yes, that, he that, did. That's got the, uh, I think, the boxing world a little. Um, they're they're on high alert. I, I I would say they have to be on high alert. I'm he, on high alert. He's I, he's setting the stage if he wanted to come back. You know, you're not gonna just gonna come out right away. So I'm back. You know, you gotta gauge the room. You gotta see. And once you gauge the room, it's like how much money is in this room. You know, because the I don't. If I come at it right away, the money's it's gonna be there, but it's not. But if we just get some little dribbles here, little drops, and the next you know the anticipation comes up, and it's like exactly. Hey, you know what the then that the first you know like the back could be like yeah, Andre Ward maybe ten million, and then now it's like oh, there's a Canelo maybe fifteen million, and then next you know you get to like the summertime, Canelo gets a few more belts. We talked about him when the count one sixty eight, and then next you know it's like oh maybe what twenty five million, Andre Ward. Hey Andre Ward, I'm gonna tell you right now the money's there. I pay a hundred dollars. Or a pay per view fight to watch that. If that's mm -hmm. you and Canelo, they at the end of the year, early next year, maybe single them out next year. I'm watching it 100 bucks. Hey, we brought it up here. I want to say this here we brought it up on a podcast before Max Kellerman got a chance to talk to Andre Ward about it. Yes, we discussed it, and I and I brought up I brought Anthony Joshua, but also brought Canelo. Now, I know everybody want to kill me about that. I'm only reporting and talking about what was there. The fight that I do want to see, of course, is Canelo. Of course, I will see both fights, don't get it twisted. But I was only talking about what's actually being reported out there. But we called it out before they actually got a chance to talk to him on it because we saw the foresight. And when you've been in boxing and watched this for all our entire lives, you kind of everything's a rerun. Mm. So when you see certain things happen, it's like Oh, okay, Andre. Um, Canelo, he's at 168. Uh, he fought at 175 last year. You campaigned at 175. We mentioned about the injuries he has. Mm -hmm. He's been off for a few years now. He looks in great shape, rocking them clean suits on ESPN. He's healthy now. You know, he's 37 right now. So a fight next year, he's only 38. Boxes are proven with health, with nutrition. Especially a guy like Andre Ward, 38 ain't nothing, baby. Exactly. Especially a guy like him who he was not in a he fought hard, but he wasn't in wars. He had the Kovalev fights, but he, we can't say name me another war that wars that Andre War was in. He's saying that took off his career. 
Yeah, and playing got guys. I mean, four forty used to be old. Yeah, in boxing and stuff. forty was and, like yo, forty is like yo. You just need a check. And, for, and now, and now forty could be can still considered old. But if you're taking care of yourself, you're a dangerous fighter. Yeah. Luis Ortiz, had to, you know, yeah, shout I, out to I think he's time. fifty. He, he he's Cuban. We we don't know his birth certificate. Let's keep it. I'm not trying to be bogus. I think he's fifty. It might be boxing. See his 40, face. Boxing forty. Cuban fifty. Maybe. When we first saw Luis Ortiz in that face, I was like, this dude ain't no twenty eight years old. <laughs> no, but 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 to, to tell you guys like Bernard Hopkins, yeah. Orange Foreman. I mean, you've seen the guys. Mm -hmm. There's there's a plenty of cases out there where hey, 40? and especially Ward style. You know, if he hasn't lost like Glenn Johnson, that's another guy. Glenn Johnson from light heavyweight, yeah. Then yep. in 2003, Spectrum with exactly. uh, big win against so, Roy so, Jones. So, believe me, you can be a title holder yeah. at 40, and 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 you can be the man at 40. It, it, it's happened before. We're never gonna stop seeing it. I hope we never stop seeing it. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like that. Close, but close we are caught. We called it first, and we're watching it. We're yes. seeing. We're seeing the tea leaves here. We're seeing Andre Ward sprinkle stuff here. Canelo's about the money. Canelo is not averse to fighting anybody, especially like gimmick fights. Like you say, Amir Khan you say is a gimmick fight. You no know, two weight classes. You know, like he he took on an old Kovalev. But this is the fight that sells, and ESPN him being on that partner helps that. Yep. He's on the worldwide leader with Mickey Mouse. Hey. So if you're on Mass Kellerman shows and you're calling fights and everybody sees Andre Ward more than he was a fighter, he's more popular now than he was a fighter. Exactly. And then when you look at it, Golden Olympic champion, undefeated, two-division champ, like I said, 175, and all he needs to do is say, hey, Canelo, you just fought here last year. So everything is sold for us. This It's just the fact that the timing, and we'll see where both fighters at, especially with Canelo's schedule. Andre Ward is sitting back and waiting to yeah. see what Canelo, how he keeps winning. But Andre Ward's probably working out right now, slowly but surely getting his body right. Not just that. He's studying Canelo. Oh, he, he's, a, he, he's, a, he's, he's probably a studied Canelo before he retired. He's a student of the game. Yeah. He was always gonna, a hard worker. I Ward's got a game plan. Ward will be developing a game plan and modifying the game I plan. I think he got a game plan already tweak, right now. And he'll just Come make on. little tweaks here and there just to make sure he gets it just right. But Hey. Before we close out here, I just want to say, think about it. Canelo's 5'8", he's 6'1". So, of course, when, you, when you're when you Andre Ward, it's like, I got five. I never fought a guy I had five inches on, except for early in my career. And he's like, I'm the natural 175 guy. I was boiling to get 168. You just now got to 168 and 175. Only thing you have on me is youth. And if you're Andre Ward and you have the, if you ain't lost a fight since you was 14 years old and you're 37, mm -hmm. You ain't you ain't scared of Canelo. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that fight. Make it happen, guys. We all know you're you're trying to make it happen. Make it happen, guys. So on that note, we're gonna have to close up shop here. So man, that was that was fun talking about that stuff. Man. Of course, of course. Like I said, you know, Adrian Broner. Like I said, I, I loved you, man. I loved yeah. you at one point, but you're killing me, man. Yeah. You're you're killing me, and and and, and honestly, I think you're. You're taking some people down with you. Mm -hmm. So on that note, I'm gonna repeat. <laughs> I'm gonna repeat again. So for YouTube, click on like, subscribe, and bell notification. That way that these episodes come, you get them. We're back again. There's two episodes this week, and we're gonna be back uh, uh, next weekend as well. Also, real fast, uh, Spotify. Click on follow. Shout out to Spanglish World Channel 250 on the Zingo app. Also want to add to Canelo's fighting this weekend in Miami, February 27th. Yep. So he's getting his WBC mandatory off the way. So we're going to talk about that fight afterwards too as well. We believe it should be an easy win, but we're still going to discuss it because like we just talked about with Andre Ward and everything he got going on for the rest of the year. Also too, you can check me out on Jump Off Live Wednesdays on YouTube, Jump Off Live. Jorge, what you got? Uh, live underscore Dominoes is the channel on TV, uh, on Twitch. Uh, we'll be working on, so when the time this episode comes out, we'll already be, uh, 
doing a show on the road on Wednesdays. Uh, so no longer doing work on Tuesdays. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. We'll be live at PL Lounge in Chicago. Uh, so catch us there on Twitch, live underscore Dominoes. Also Thursdays and Saturdays at 8 p.m. at our normal location. All right. So with that, we'll be back uh, to talk about more boxing with Canelo and then more boxing news that's going to come on for next week. For my man Jorge, I'm that dude named Dave here for BNP Boxing Now Podcast and all of our partners. Yep. We are out of here. Take care and don't get in any fights while we're waiting for the next episode. Hopefully no more snow either. Yeah, no more snow. Shout out to my Chicago folks and shout out to Canada. We're out. Yep, later. Mm-hmm.